If you have your Bible with you, turn to Genesis chapter 22. If you don't, it's probably going to be on the screen because I gave Alex the uh, scripture before service. Genesis chapter 22. This is nearing the end of Abraham's life, and it is often a story that we jump over because it's a difficult passage. Hard questions get asked in this. And there is so much in this text. Um, last year when I was taking my biblical studies course, Introduction to Biblical Studies, uh, one of the groups, we got divided into two groups. I, was, I took the John passage. The other half had Genesis 22. And the more they read it, the deeper and deeper they went. Same with when we did John 14. The more you read into the story, there's more questions to ask God about. There, if, if you're reading this and you're like, I really wonder about this, or what about this question, and I don't cover it today, it's because there's so much in here. You can't hit it all. I told, I told my husband this morning, I'm like, Alex, <laughs> I have three sermons and not enough time to do it. He's like, you could just get up and say, your call to worship today is patience. The order of the service will be a lunch break, intermission, second sermon, a dessert intermission, and then we'll finish around two or three in the afternoon. And I said, no, we cannot do that to anyone on Father's Day. <laughs> so no, I'm not going to hit all of the big points in this story. It's a huge story. A lot happens. But we are going to hit the ones that I truly think God wanted us to touch on. So Genesis 22, starting in verse 1. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Sometime later is a pickup from chapter 21. Um, Isaac is circumcised. There's a whole segue story or of Hagar and God protecting her. There's a whole thing. Abraham makes a promise with the Philistines, and he's living in the land. Sometime after this, he's in his teens, hundred and teens, but it's been a while. Abraham's getting up there. He's lived a long, faithful life serving God. Some estimate it's been 25 or more years since God first said, Abraham, take your family and go. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. God tested Abraham's faith. This test is showing the progress of Abraham's trust in God. Here's the how and when to have faith. When God gives you a command, obey. Abraham's been learning that. He's about to get tested on it. When God gives you a promise, trust. Interesting. When God gives you a, pan, a command, we obey. It's on us to act. When God gives us a promise to hold on to, we have to trust that God's going to act. Both are faith. Faith that God is going to see me through on this action, even when it's big and scary and the command is hard to step into. Trust. Trust in my grief that God is going to be with me. Trust in the promise that I'll see my loved one again because they believed in Christ. All of these things, obey and trust. I've heard it. It's like a plane. 
You can't fly without the obey. You can't fly without the trust. Together they are our faith, keeping us up on wings. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Question, who's doing the testing? Okay, I know you're not afraid to yell out. Who's doing the testing? Thank you. (laughs) Good job. I don't have gold star stickers, but if I did, smush. You got one. Who's doing the testing? God's doing the testing. God's not, this is the first time God has ever tested Abraham. He's been through hardships. There's been famines in his life. There have been times where he had to step out in faith and believe the promise. There's been times where he's circumvented the promise and tried to figure it out on his own. This is the first time scripture says God tested Abraham. Sometimes in life, God is the one testing us. And sometimes it's ourselves, it's the world. We don't know. Who's, who knows about this test? Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Who knows about this test? I'll take any guess. There's three answers I'm looking for. Some of them you might guess. Who, who knows this is a test? God knows that it's a test. Yes, gold star for you, smush. Who else knows it's a test? Does he? Is it good? Sorry, I didn't hear you, Thomas. Maybe. The author knows it's a test. We, the reader, know it's a test. Nowhere in here does God say, Abraham, I'm about to test you. He might figure it out later, but nowhere in here does it actually say, and I just want to say when I got this from my professor, I said Abraham, and the professor went, does it say that? (laughs) So if you said Abraham, I'm with you on that one. God knows The author knows. We know. We have an inside scoop about what's to happen. All Abraham gets is this command. Take your son, your only son. I think the reason it's the only son is because Ishmael's not part of the promise that God has given. It's a... Hebrew has an only that means like you're unique, you're special, and sometimes gets confused. He has another son, but this is Isaac, the son of the promise, the promise I gave you, whom you love so very much. I added the very, so much. Go to the land of Morai, M-O-R-I-A-H. I will take that as a yes. Sure. I was creative in pronunciation. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Ooh. That's all he gets. He doesn't get a, this is a pop quiz. He's given this command. Go, do, sacrifice the child you love. And I was watching the dads today. 
I was watching Pastor Thomas with his kids. I was watching Sam with his little one. I was watching Stuart sitting next to Ian. And I'm going, what was, I can't see it. You love Joel. Go, take your son, your only, your special, unique child of the promise, whom you love so very much. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. We're not getting around with this one where I just, nice little bleeding cut. No, whoosh, ashes. As a burnt offering on the mountain, I will show you. And this is a test. And Abraham has no idea. Also, we have a kind of a shock value. Sacrificing your only child, but I love them. I don't know how shocked Abraham would be. There's a lot of things that I wish the author gave us. Because all of the gods of the Philistines that he was living around had child sacrifice. Abraham might just think this is par for the course. What's God doing though? We know, we have all of this other history. This doesn't sound like God. What's going on? And is he going to ask something difficult of me ever? If he asks Abraham, could he ask me that? How does Abraham respond? Verse 3. The next morning, I just want to throw out, I was checking this out in Hebrew, and morning is boker. So if you want to say hi to somebody in Hebrew, it's boker tov. Tov being good and boker being morning. I did get some things out of Hebrew class. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. And this is where it gets strange. Then he, being Abraham, chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out a place God had told him, and set out for the place God told him about. Altars. I have seen Viking funerals portrayed on different TV shows and movies. That's a lot of wood. That's a lot of wood. Abraham takes the time. He doesn't ask the servant to do it. He chops the wood. And I think he and God might have been having some words at those moments. Which means I think if you have been heard, heard from God and have had a hard command given or a hard moment presented to you or just a thing in your life, it is okay to step out in faith. He's preparing, but to take that mind, time to chop the wood. That might be where you pray and go, God, I don't understand what's going on. This doesn't make sense. I will do it, but I'm very confused. For others of you, it might be, will you mow the lawn or do the dishes or knit an afghan, quilting, long hike in the woods, brewing a cup of tea and reading a, I don't know what your moment is. For Abraham this day, it was chopping the wood. He made the choice, even though he had servants who could do it, to do the chopping himself. I think this is significant. 
I think this is a place where God allows in faithfulness to doubt. Because if there's not a crisis of... I mean, I had a crisis this past month. Okay, you want me to go, but it's going to be hard? Moments of doubt. God's grace allows us to have these doubts. God's grace allows us to sit and say, but God, I don't understand. This child is the son of the prophets. I don't know how you're going to make this all work out if Isaac dies. But after whatever he needed to do, he chopped the word, and then he sets out for the place God told him about, which is Mount... Thank you. Hold on to that one. We're going to come back to it. On the third day of the journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkeys, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, and then we will come back. Who's coming back? We. You can take this two ways. Abraham's too embarrassed to tell what he's about to do, and he lies. We don't know. Here's another alternative way to read this. Abraham, in that chopping of wood, in the face of doubt and confusion, came to a conclusion with God. I don't know how he's going to do it, but we are going to go up the hill, we are going to obey God, and then both of us are coming back down. I think there is strong standing for this because of Hebrews eleven seventeen to 19. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. We will both go up, we will obey God, and somehow God is going to make it possible that we both come down. I think that is part of the test of faith. He was already living it out step by step. So Abram placed the wood on the burnt, for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulder. Well, he himself carried the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked on together. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son. I think because this has been translated so many times, we have a old English reading. I don't think it was like, Father, what's going on? Well, tell, let me tell you, my dear son. I, I, think, I think we need to put more human relationship. It, we don't know how old Isaac is. Some people estimate it's anywhere from like, six years old to like 15. He is somewhere in this. So I'm thinking if it's a little person, it's like, we forgot things, dad. Did, did you forget this? Like, what's going on? If it's older, there might have been a bit of an attitude or there might have been some know-it-all or maybe there's some genuine, um, did we miss something, dad? Do, do you have a plan here? Are we going to hunt? What, what's going on? Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the firewood, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? 
God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abram answered, and we both, and they both walked on together. Um, my translation is New Living Translation, and it says God will provide a sheep. Does anybody have a different word in front of sheep or even a different word? Lamb. Okay, lamb. What's the word in front of lamb? The lamb. Oh, perfect. Look at you. You are so talented. Yes, I wanted to see what other translations. I looked up 31 different translations. 20-ish, 28-ish, 25-ish have the lamb. Some chose a sheep or a lamb. Um, this is where people ask, why, if you find Hebrew so difficult, and there's so much weeping and gnashing of teeth, why do you study Hebrew right now? Like you are, especially because I have no language aptitude. And it's for things like this. When I look up sheep, the word is seep. It means one of the flock, a young sheep, a lamb, or a young goat, seep. And I don't have the Hebrew to show you. In front of it is the letter hey. It looks like a line and a line with a little like small line. There's a little gap between them. It's almost a half a box, but there's a little gap there. Hey is a definite article. I didn't remember any of this English grammar until I was taking Hebrew grammar. I had to learn English grammar to understand the Hebrew grammar. A definite article is the, the lamb, the thing. It's not a sheep, it is the lamb. This is gonna be important. I've not got to the place where I can do this grammar. I am trusting somebody who I respect. It was my professor for this class who said this to me. This is why I am studying Hebrews. I want to get to the place where I understand it. This sentence in Hebrew has some grammatical ambiguity. That means himself can fit in a few different places. My translation doesn't have himself. Does this one have? Yes. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. God is doing the providing for this need. God himself will provide the lamb. An alternative translation and the English Torah, so the Jewish interpretation is, God will provide for himself the lamb. God is the one who needs the offering and he will provide it for himself. And then my professor said, there is one more way and it doesn't get translated this, but the ambiguity of this passage could also be read this way. God will provide himself as the lamb. God will provide himself as the lamb. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on an altar on the top of the wood. There is a whole bunch of things I want to talk about right there. But as I said, we are not doing an intermission today, so we're going to move on. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord calls from, to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. I've said this many times. Just because we heard a God message from God doesn't mean we stop listening to God. 
Because if Abraham just heard that first message and kept going, Isaac would die. We need to have ears that are continually listening to God's direction. What is God saying to you right today? Right today. Abraham, Abraham, yes, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Why have a test? Why do we test kids to show what they've learned, what they've put into them, they remember? Why would God test us? There's two reasons. He either wants to produce qualities in us. Going through the flame sometimes brings out that. Or to prove that there is something in us or not in us. To reveal our hearts. Abraham's was one of faith. I will trust God by obeying, by holding to the promise. From here, Abraham looks up. He sees the lamb in, or the ram in the thickets. God has provided. Um, verse fourteen. Abram named the place Yahweh Yireh. There's a whole grammatical thing. If you've ever heard the term Jehovah Jireh, my provider, this is a. We will go out for. I can talk to you about the linguist on why it's Jehovah and not Yahweh. The original Hebrew would have been Yahweh Yireh which means the Lord, my provider. There's a whole bunch of things about Hebrew into Greek, into Latin, into English. That's Yahweh Yireh, the Lord will provide. No matter what you get out of today's message, this is the heart of this story. Because while Abraham is a central character, the focus is, this is the story of God and what he's done for us. God is our provider. And God does not ask us anything he will not ask of himself. God is the provider. To this day, people still use the name as a proverb, on the mountain of the Lord, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. 15 to 19, God reiterates the promises that God has already told Abraham. Starting in verse 12, God, I want to make sure I have the right chapters, 12, 13, 15, 17, 18. This is the final time God gives Abraham the promise, the blessing. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and not withheld your, even your own, even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name, that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants. Beyond the number, like the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore, your descendants will conquer cities and enemies. And through your descendant, all nations on earth will be blessed, all because you obeyed me. Abraham learned not to put his faith in the promise but in the promise keeper. The promise was your son Isaac will be your offspring and this is the blessing. The promise keeper is God, God who provides. Promises are acts of grace. God is the one who provides them. 
And God doesn't ask anything of Abraham that he did not go through. If you've noticed similarities to Jesus in this story, God set them up. I took, I was in a writing group years ago, and there was a saying, if there's a gun that shows up in act one, it better go off by act three. It really annoys me in shows where like something gets panned to, and I'm like, ooh, that's an interesting clue. And then it never gets touched on. I'm like, slot hole. Abram was told, your son, your only son. Very similar phrase to, this is my son whom I love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only, his unique son. Some people make parallels to Abraham took two of his servants to, and there were two men beside Jesus. Abraham journeyed for three days, knowing that his son was dead and not sure how the promise was coming true. For three days, according to scripture, says 1 Corinthians 15, 4. For three days, his friends, his disciples, his believers had him dead and not sure how God's promises was coming true. Abraham took the wood in verse 6 and laid it on Isaac's shoulders. Carrying his own cross, Jesus went out. John 19, 17. Go to the place I have told you on Mount. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3, 1. Then Solomon began to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem on God is the provider. We trust in the provider, the promise keeper, not just in the promise. God is our good, good father who has good things for you. I don't know what storms or tests you feel like you're going through today, but God is with you in them. He is the one we put our faith in. He is the one we trust and obey. We're going to be going into communion in a moment to receive the gifts of God that we have just mapped out, that Jesus, Jesus is the answer to the provider. While somebody goes down and gets the kids, I invite you to lead us in how great the Father's love for us.